Welcome to Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. Life in Accounting is the podcast for everyday heroes like you working in the accounting profession. Are you ready to hear from accounting influencers, thought leaders, visionaries, and other professionals leading change in the accounting world? Then stay tuned for Mark Goldman, a CPA, the owner of Where Accountants Go, and your host. Welcome to Life in Accounting. A career is a perpetual design. It is no different than when Apple rolled out the iPhone. First time they launched it, it wasn't perfect. That clip was from our special guest for this week, Bruce Howard of Texas State University. Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Goldman, your host for this episode of Life and Account, the Where Accounts Go podcast. Bruce is uniquely qualified to be a guest on our career-related podcast. Bruce started his career as an accountant, but then transitioned into positions involving more recruiting and workforce development. I'll let you hear all the details from Bruce himself in the interview, but he basically talks about his experience and the insight he's gained from working and recruiting for an accounting firm for a while, as well as his time running the career replacement activities at two universities. Bruce is an excellent guest, and I think you're really going to find this episode particularly insightful. Without further ado, here's Bruce. Well, hello, Bruce. Thank you for taking the time out for this. I know you're bound to be busy with the semester starting up there again at Texas State. Mark, thank you. I appreciate the the chance to share a little bit about my background experience. So I look forward to this conversation with you. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, no problem. No problem. Well, I wanted to get you on the show for a few reasons, Ashley. First of all, I figured that all the time you've spent in your career helping students get into jobs that match their needs, including even doing the recruiting for an accounting firm, all that would be very helpful to our listeners. But then also, you know, the fact that you started out your own career as an accountant yourself just adds a nice little twist. I mean, you understand us. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, if you don't mind... Before we get into the whole career counseling aspect, if we could start with how you started your career in accounting, how did you decide to pursue accounting in the first place? Well, it goes way back, you know, when uh, the days of high school, and I had the opportunity to take some elective courses. For some reason, I'd always had been interested in, in business. You know, we didn't have much exposure to the world way back then, but nonetheless, you know, I could see that it was a of, a, of an interest for me. And, and uh, one of the courses that I could sign up for in, a, in the high school was bookkeeping. It wasn't even called accounting. It was, it was a true bookkeeping, manual entries, journal vouchers, general ledgers, a whole bit. And I, t- I took that bookkeeping course and it just seemed to be such a natural fit for my skill set. I mean, literally, I finished that class that year, I think with a 100 average. And so it was like a big fat signal. Okay, that's really what you should major in when you go to college. And I didn't even hesitate. 
I jumped in and actually went to school here. At, of course, at the time, it was Southwest Texas State University and majored in accounting and, and was so focused on my academics. I think I graduated with only one extra hour, which is kind of unheard of in these day and age, and just jumped in into the world of accounting that way. Started my career then with Tesoro Petroleum there in San Antonio. Had a wonderful opportunity for new grads to come into a rotational program where you got to work like three or four months in, in each division in the accounting department and really found that path to be more appropriate for me versus a path in public accounting. Of course, way back then, it wasn't the big four, you know, it was the big 10, which had a lot more CPA firms then. <laughs> But I jumped into that corporate route. And, you know, looking back now, it's easy to see that it really served me well. Hmm. And that rotational program, that was after you graduated, correct? After graduating. Yeah, after graduating from college, my BBA in accounting. Okay. And I went into, went into that program and spent about a year in that rotational program and then eventually was offered a permanent position. I was already, you know, full time, but it was a permanent position in the crude oil section, the crude oil division, and started then, you know, working in that group consistently. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious. At that time, were internships very prevalent where, you know, you would do an internship prior to graduating or was it, was your route pretty typical where you you waited till... My route, my route was pretty typical. There were no internships back then. I think internships when I graduated from school were still more appropriate for maybe in, you know, more applications like law or medical or something like that. I don't, I don't remember the term ever being discussed and ever coming around. It was pretty much you go to school, you get your degree, and you get a job. And we kind of, um, I guess the company facilitated that concept through this rotational program by giving their entry-level accountants the opportunity to kind of sample the different groups. But no, no no internships. No, it was just jump in. That's why I was curious because that sounds like an intern kind of program, but yeah, graduated. No, you're right. I mean, and, and like I say, that was probably an indirect benefit. They didn't even know it, but you know, it was giving everybody that variety exposure, which is, you know, the value of an internship today is to jump in, test it, see if it's a fit for you and the employer. So, okay. So, how long were you at Tesoro? I was there for 21 years. Oh my gosh. 21 years. Yeah. The you know, the accounting position, and that's the fun story, is really, you know, kind of what launched me into my career in business because I'd thought that's all I'd ever be. You know, I just said, oh, that's it. That's me. I'm going to be an accountant for my whole career. And I was in accounting for about four years. It was pretty interesting. I remember still when I had the opportunity for a promotion out of the accounting department into the administration group. I was still scared about it. I was still nervous. Oh my gosh, I can't leave accounting. This is, this is you know, it's like my security blanket. This is what I know. This is what I've done. But hindsight's twenty twenty, as they say. And looking back, it was certainly the best thing for me. I made the jump and went into the operations side of the refining and marketing group. And spent the next 17 years having the, the chance to experience all type of business operations. I was in trading and risk management. I was in logistics. I was in shipping, contract administration, international sales, marketing. I helped to open Tesoro's Singapore office. 
even worked for a couple of years in their corporate finance group, helping them establish import-export letter of credit programs and policies. So it was a great ride. Interesting. Yeah, I just interviewed an individual from AT&T named Bill Snyder. And he was, or he is still with AT&T and has been with AT&T or a company that merged into it for over 20 years, I believe now. I don't remember the exact number, but he had a similar route where he was in many different roles or has been in many different roles during that time. And I think that's one of the common misconceptions that people think if you stay somewhere 20 years, well, gosh, that's boring. You're doing the same thing for 20 years. But I find that much of the time, it's just like your career and his career, that you've done many different things at that organization and you know had many different opportunities, which keeps it interesting. That's exactly right. It, it, it's one of the values, maybe the biggest value for an individual to be associated with a major corporation, a company large enough to provide variety in your career and options in your career so that you can do these different things as you grow and develop your own skill set, but you never have to leave the umbrella of the parent company. Yeah, I, I don't even know how many different jobs I had if I started counting them all up. I'm at Tesoro, I'd probably be 10 or 12 different positions. But it was all still with the same company. So you get the value of the tenure, get the value of the, the relationships, the, the knowledge, the, you know, let's be honest, yes, the financial. Plus, you know, you have that chance to, to continue to, to find a place because your skills will change. You know, that's, you've got an inherent basic set of personal strength skills and, and things like that. But the, the way you use them, the way you uh, leverage them will evolve with you as you enter your career path. So you work in career services now or, or a related area. You handle recruiting for an accounting firm. You worked at career services in another university. I guess at what point did your career transition from accounting into these, for lack of a better term, more people-oriented roles? The transition came when I left Tesoro and was looking for a new opportunity and found a CPA firm in San Antonio that wanted to focus on growing the firm, wanted a marketing director of all people. And I found it to be a really good fit for me and my background. And just like you said, I, I know accounting. I know how accountants think. I've been one. And so I, it was easy for me to connect into that philosophy again. And part of the success of that growth strategy was that we needed more people. And as so often the case in small companies, it's like other duties as a sign. Here you go. Can you do this? You know, we need, we need some entry-level folks. We need some, some interns and go get us some. I said, okay. And that was really the catalyst to put me into a position where I started recruiting for the firm and actually getting out on college campuses. And it was a significant moment because it's just done nothing but build. I really found a connection with using my experience and my, I guess, just personal skill of intuition with people. I can, I can sit with folks and, and talk and visit with you for a while and, and pretty much kind of understand who you are, what you are, and, and how to get you into the right spot for your career path. And I, so I use that in my recruiting capacity. And it's just built on that until eventually that was really the best part of my day when I was out teaching, coaching, you know, mentoring and helping individuals with their career development. 
Interesting. You know, I, I run into people sometimes that want to make drastic career changes, not just you know from public to industry or <laughs> industry to public or that kind of thing, but maybe they've decided you know they want a more people-oriented role and they want to use their accounting background. So this is very fascinating. So a CPA firm hired you, a 21-year accountant from DeSoro, to be their marketing director. What did you do to help them see that you had the potential or the skill to do that? I mean, how, how did that happen? It was an interesting story because it was kind of an indirect opportunity. I'd actually went to interview with a company that was a client of the firm. And okay. I believe it was a marketing position or it might have even been a, a sales position. Anyway, I, I was with the two principals of this other company who, who's a client of the firm. And as we got into conversation and discussion, these two guys said, holy cow, you know, you would really be great for our accounting firm. And they actually referred me into the, to the firm. And so, you know, when I interviewed with the partners of the firm, I just maintained the same approach that it's very important when you're changing careers in order to build an effective bridge between your skill set that you have and the skill set that they need. You know, too many times people try to just present themselves as a case study. Okay, here I am. I'm a blue widget guy. And the, uh, the target, you know, they want green widget people. And so the blue widget person has to convince them that he can be, he or she can be green, you know, and too many times people don't do that. They don't execute enough of a effort to, to make that bridge between. Well, for me, I was confident, I guess, that I knew what the other side needed as far as a personality type. So I presented that. I showed them those traits and I showed them that profile and that's the way I got the position. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in Go total, ahead. counting the time you've been with career services at universities and the recruiting aspect of the CPA firm, about how long have you been involved in recruiting and job placement? Recruiting and job placement, workforce development, probably yes, about 17, 18 years. Okay. And most of it have been in college, in a college environment. Done a little work with second tier, third tier career changers, you know, have actually coached some people around San Antonio with kind of the example you're talking about, you know, been 25 years somewhere and, and they're ready to do something different. And, you know, having changed myself and re-engineered myself many times, kind of been there, done that and can use that experience to help people. But yeah, probably a good 17, 18 plus years in workforce development. Okay. Well, I think after 15 years, you become an authority. So we're definitely there. Good. <laughs> Expert witness. <laughs> I know from the social media comments that we have a good portion of our listenership from people in that junior, senior year time frame in college, and then you know the first three or four years out of college. So what advice would you have for accounting majors looking to get their career started the right way? Accounting majors still today have a wonderful opportunity for selection to launch their career. There's certainly still a significant demand for accounting grads to enter their career through public accounting. The CPA firms of all sizes, from the big four down to the local firms, need people. And in addition, you know, the, the corporate growth and the 
The enterprise growth we've seen in Texas makes it valuable for our students that don't necessarily want to pursue that path in public accounting. But here's the deal. It's up to the student to evaluate those opportunities and make the selection that's the best fit for them and their employer. You know, fit is important. That's a good thing about accounting, okay? A debit is a debit across every one of those opportunities, right? (laughs) But it's, at least I hope, you know, but it's where you do it and who you do it with and who you're doing it for. And, and you know, the, that's why they call it the practice of accounting. It's like, okay, who, who is your client? Is it external? Is it internal? Is it both? You know, so students need to invest time not only in, in learning this stuff, i.e. their accounting academics, but it's also they've got to think about selling this stuff. And selling the stuff means to find the place for them to launch, you know, to launch their career. So one of the age-old questions is tax or audit, right? You, you hear that a lot. Right. I think it goes deeper than that. Tax, audit, industry, what size industry, what type of role in industry. And you see students struggle with that decision, or some students struggle with that decision quite a bit. Do you have any ideas on, on how they can better determine what would fit them well? The first crossroad to evaluate is whether you want to go into public accounting, a CPA firm, or everything else. To me, it really divides like that. Public accounting is a service-oriented industry, very unique. And then there's really, truly everything else, i.e. corporations, nonprofits, government, private businesses, small companies. And sit down and really get some assistance to help understand the landscape of both of those sides of the ledger. You know, working for a CPA firm, you've got to enjoy that climate. Multiple clients, multiple bosses, lots of action, moving and shaking, growing and, you know, it's a, it's a very dynamic world. And then look at the other side. And look at the way those companies work or, those, or the way government works or, you know, really gain an understanding of, of what it is that the career environment you're going to be in. Once a student does that, then it, you take it to the next level of evaluation. Okay, now what area of accounting I'm going to go into? And if it's public accounting, you bet. Tax or audit. You know, I have students say, well, I want to go on the consulting side. I said, well, that'll come, you know, you can't consult yet. What are you going to consult about? You know, you're 23 years old. You know, it's, I don't think they're going to hire you to evaluate the difference between Big Red and Mountain Dew. So once you make that decision on which side of that career path you want, then yeah, the whole tax audit thing now is again a matter of personality. Take the label off of the task. Think about the profile of the successful person. And use your resources around you to help you understand what that profile looks like. What is a tax accountant? You know, why, why do they do what they do? What is it that makes them successful? And evaluate and analyze those characteristics without using the terms and then see if that's you. Tax people love, I think, structure and order and closure and math and then discipline and you know things like that. That doesn't mean that auditors don't like discipline, but you know, auditors don't look at every transaction. A tax person has to. You know, you do a tax return, you don't get 75% through a tax return and say, okay, close enough, send it to the IRS. <laughs> See if it works, right? You know, yeah, auditors point. will come in at 20,000 feet. They can't look at every transaction. They've got to be satisfied with scope and materiality. And so, you know, what kind of person are you? It doesn't make it one right or the other. 
but you have to look at your, you know, your accounting skill is just the way you're manifesting your skills and strengths of your personality. And so first look at your, you know, look inward, look at the profile of the, of the people that have success, find those people, talk to those people, go to activities like meet the firms, accounting information sessions, special speeches, presentations. You know, these people want to help you find the right fit. So use that resource and talk to them. Why did you get into it? What do you like about it? What's the hardest thing about it? If you could do it all over again, what would you do different? You know, what is your second choice? I mean, really analyze and evaluate to see if that profile, if you come away going, okay, okay, that's me, you know, that's me. I mean, you've got a pretty good chance that if you select that path, you'll have success. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious, and I know it's hard to track people after they graduate and and keep in touch and that kind of thing, but I am curious if you think back on all the students you've helped over the years, you know, get hired or placed, so to speak, with a firm, are there any that that stick out in your mind as a particular success? And and if so, what, what do you feel made the difference with that individual? I've had two stories of success that I'm I'm proud of. One here has since I've been here at Texas State University okay. and one at, when I worked at UTSA in their career center. You know, we haven't kind of talked about the whole evolution of myself, but after I I kind of did two tours of duty at the firm. I was there as a marketing person and marketing director and then went to UTSA and worked there for five years in their career center and then back to the firm and as head of operations development and then up here. But two two stories. I mean, we'll be accountants here and talk in chronological order. So the first one, <laughs> first one was UTSA, and a, a young lady came in to the front of our office there and was just so very despondent, very down, just discouraged. And the counselors asked me if I would meet with her and, and give her a hand. And I said, Well, sure. You know, what's the deal? And well, she just graduated with a degree in accounting. She can't find anything. She can't find a job. You know, she's just ready to give up and she feels like she'd made a big mistake and on and on and on. I said, no, 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 we're not going to have any of that. Bring her in. Let's, let's talk. So she was, she was very emotional and I sat down with her and listened to her and I said, okay, well, let's, let's just start at the beginning. Let's talk a little bit about you. And I kind of interviewed her, if you will, and, and gain an understanding of her personality and, and who she was and where was she from and what she liked and, and all these things. And I never talked about accounting. I just talked about her. And when we got through, I said, okay, you know what? I think what all this is telling me, the common thread here is you'd probably make a fantastic internal auditor for a major corporation. And I said, okay, I got some ideas. And here's a couple of companies, you know, and one maintain confidentiality, of course. But I said, you know, check these two out, and especially this one here. Well, she did. And I, of course, coached her on how to prepare her resume and how to get through the interview. Well, she landed a position with a major, major insurance corporation and their internal audit department. And within, oh, six weeks or less, she reached out to me, I think it was by email, and said, thank you. This is such a wonderful opportunity for me. I feel so good about it. And that really made me feel good. And the cherry on the Sunday was about a year later, year, maybe two years later, I think I was visiting with this same company and they brought her name up and said, she's like one of the best employees we've ever hired. So that was a great feeling that I helped her, you know, find that spot. 
the other story was here at Texas State, and again, a young lady who was just really despondent. She's just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off or not. I don't know how I'm going to interview. I don't know what to do. Just, I said, no, 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 we're not going to have that. Let's sit down, take it from the top. And likewise, I spent a lot of time discussing her and her profile and her background and, okay, why accounting? What are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Just kind of built, helped her build a story. So in the interest of time, long story short, as I always say, she went through the interview process for an internship and finally finished and came to me with six job offers. Oh, my gosh. To, to get my support and assistance on which one of these should she take. So she, you know, I kind of coached her from feeling like she had nothing into a selection of uh, fantastic offers from big four CPA firms on down. Yeah, so I'm very proud of that. I love that. And that's why I do this. I mean, it, to get that good start, to get that place where you you know, feel good that this is a good fit. It's, it's really valuable. So I love that. Did she just need more confidence and, and you helped her to build up her confidence or was there confidence? Was yes. Uh-huh. Explanation of herself. We always, I guess we'll always tease about accountants being a little bit introverted. And, you know, I guess most of the time they kind of are, but you, you know, the world of accounting has changed so much as you very well know, you can't, you can't be like that anymore. You got to speak up. You got to be able to sell it. So yeah, confidence, just understanding how to present it, understanding how to build that bridge. You know, the interviewee has to build the bridge across to the interviewer to make that connection. And so I gave her some tips, techniques, and tools to help her do that. And she did it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Well, before I get into the final questions, actually, I'm, I'm curious about the flip side what mistakes do you sometimes you know, see students make or, or younger professionals in their career or trying to find the right job? Anything stick out that is sort of a common error? Good question. I think, you know, several things. I think students tend to be sometimes a little bit too, what's the word, unflexible, too channeled. They kind of get locked into the idea that this is what I'm supposed to do with my degree. It's, you know, and especially accounting students. I mean, CPA firms are big business, right? Going to continue to be, have been, and, and, and will be. But, but they're not the best fit for everybody. And I think my recruiter friends in, in public accounting would support me on that. I mean, it's not for everybody. But it's incumbent upon the student to figure it out, to find out if it is. So sometimes I see students, and that's, I guess this is across all business disciplines, you know, because I support all of them. They, they kind of have an idea, either because of their own exposure or their family's influence or friends or something. It's like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Well, maybe not, you know, maybe not. The other thing is I hear too many students use the phrase and so many words or less. I don't know if I want to do that the rest of my life. And I always stop them and said, who said you had to do this for the rest of your life? You know, and they kind of shake their head like, well, nobody. Exactly. A career is a perpetual design. It is no different than when Apple rolled out the iPhone. First time they launched it, it wasn't perfect. They had to amend it. They had to re-engineer pieces of it. They had to invest some more knowledge in building it. Your career is the same way. And students must not think they can sit here and, and figure this out. And I'm a walking example of that. And I know they're not going to be like that. They're going to have multiple career paths multiple opportunities. You have to think about it 
like you're designing your life, you're designing your career, because a career is a lifestyle choice. So when they, they make that mistake of saying, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. Well, that's right. You're not. Nobody said you had to, and nobody expects you to. Yeah, that's a great point because really the choice they're making in the beginning really is the first year and a half to two years of their career. Potentially. That's right. And it could go much longer, but doesn't necessarily have to. So there you go. That's a great point. Well, thank you. You've given us a lot of wisdom, Bruce. I, I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Oh, thank you. I'd like to get into the final four questions that I ask every podcast guest, and, and these are a little more personal. First one, and, and you may have already shared this at this point, but what's been your proudest moment? Well, I, I, those two stories I've shared about those students, that was pretty significant for me. I'm very proud to be back here at my alma mater. I mean, to have the chance to close out probably my career here doing what I love in my home university is a pretty big peacock moment. I mean, I'm pretty proud to be here. I devote a lot of time and attention to the students that I serve at the McCoy College of Business. And there's nothing better than when I get an email that says, I got the internship, I got the job, you know, your coaching helped me land the deal. Just over the Christmas break, I even, you know, I received several emails from students and yes, I got the internship. Yes, I took the position. That's kind of a macro proud moment, I guess, doing what I love to do, but it sure is a good place to be right now. Wonderful. Well, I guess on the flip side, tell us about a mistake you've made and what you learned from it, of course, but frankly, the more colossal, the better. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, I, um, there was a big one and it happened to me when I was at Tesoro and I had been asked to put together some kind of financial analysis. I, I, I can't remember the details. I can remember the pain as if it was yesterday, but it was a request from one of the senior management high up VPs and he wanted some analysis of a, of a deal or can't remember. Anyway, I was a little bit too overconfident in my evaluation preparation. And this was, I wasn't in accounting. I was already in an operational role. Hmm. So, you know, which is one of the things good about accounting. You, you get a degree in accounting, you're going to use it forever in your business career. So I, I kind of jumped into it with the wrong attitude. Well, I got this. And I, I put together this financial analysis, made some assumptions, used some information that I didn't verify, didn't check my sources, and rounded it all up, prepared the report, and delivered it. Well, you may be able to see where this is going. It was all yeah. wrong. It was all wrong, and the manager trusted me that I had done it right and had pushed it up the line, I think, all the way to the top. And so when it was discovered that it was a bust, of course, it came rolling back down to me. And that was, holy cow, that was one of the worst days of my life. I can still, after all these years, I can still see myself sitting in that chair getting <laughs> getting pretty much clobbered for that. <laughs> and so what did I learn? I learned the hard way, you know, to use a cliche, I learned the hard way to check your sources, check the numbers, check the background, don't assume, you know, when you're preparing information for someone else, it is so critical to ensure that you've got the right source information to to build it. I mean, you, you just don't jump, take your time. Individuals will always be asked for input, for comments, for participation. Don't jump too fast. I mean, you can't take forever, but you've got to wait and make sure, double check, verify, 
And, you know, you'll still stumble. Nothing's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And, but hopefully that'll reduce the times that you have to go through that painful lashing of the tongue that I got. Oh, man. <laughs> sure. Yeah, there's, there's probably a, a lesson in there somewhere about you know, not seeing the forest for the trees or, or something like that And when you're doing research. That, that makes yes. a lot of sense. Sometimes you can have a base assumption that's totally wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, you're looking to the left and the train's coming from the right and bam, you get hit. Well, who's been the biggest mentor or biggest influencer in your career? Probably the last man I worked for at Tesoro. He he really taught me a lot about how to lead people with a philosophy of finding the best place for their skills and strengths. You know, he was always positive found a way to get things done, he was upbeat around others. You know, his confidence was very attractive to people. And people like to be with confident people. That's, I guess, the, the foundation of being able to be a good salesman. But I think it's deeper. You know, if people want to be with people they like. They want to be around people that they, they feel that are confident, that one of the attributes of a leader is to maintain that coolness to, you know, ensure the the troops don't see the, the storm. You know, one of my most famous quotes was by Teddy Roosevelt in this Spanish-American war when he charged up the hill. And he didn't say charge. He said, follow me. He said, follow me. So this gentleman was like that. And it really had the opportunity to work for him for a couple of, couple of years, maybe two or three years. Anyway, he, he demonstrated how that personal attribute is so valuable in, in everything you do. And, you know, I've really tried to follow that as I've continued on with my career. You know, it's never that bad. You know, maybe bad, but it's never that bad that you can't find a way to deal with it, to manage it, to handle it. I think that's what I carry through with my coaching with students. It's like those two examples of those stories. It's like, no, we're not going to have that. We're going to win this. We are going to win this and you are going to get there. And you may inside not have a clue on what you're going to do, but you've got to, to show that confidence on the outside in order to gain the audience that you're responsible for. And he did that. He was really, it's really a fascinating guy. I mean, I look back now and, and really miss him. Don't have his contact. Well, final question. What's the best advice you've ever received? When I was between careers, between Tesoro and working for a CPA firm, I did a one-year consulting job and it was really hard for me. It was a big difference in work, in place, in, in scope, and purpose. And it was so such a tremendous shift that it just it pretty much caved me in. And it was one morning shortly after I had started that work, I was, I think I was really just having a nervous breakdown. I think I was just really cracking. And my best friend, I called him. For some reason, I reached out to him. And he said, look, just pack up your stuff and come home. That's no way to live. And I did. And I was able to get out from under that, carry on. And it was such a simple act and a simple comment, but it was so powerful at the time. I just needed that awakening that, no, we have options. We have choices. And especially with a person's career. You know, not everybody's going to be chairman of the board and not everybody's going to make millions and gazillions of dollars. But how many quarterbacks are there on a football team? 
There's really only one, but there's also one center who hands him the ball. So there's different roles for people. And that advice was so valuable to me at the time because it was that proverbial slap in the face. Like, no, you don't have to do this. You don't have to live like this. And I think that's the, the value of the place we work and live in. We enjoy that freedom and flexibility. If it's that bad, get off the bus and find a new bus to ride to a more successful and, and happier career life. You know, it's important to have people like that that you can call in the first place. For an That's right. And not be afraid That's to right. make a call. Yes. Yep. Wow. Well, Bruce, thank you so much. Actually, you've, you've given me a whole lot more wisdom on, on leadership as well that I, I wasn't anticipating in this uh, <laughs> well, mentor thank you. story. And so thank you. Thank you. You're most welcome. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Well, the last question and the easiest, if a student is having difficulty making some of those choices and just wants to reach out to you for some extra wisdom or someone wants to talk to you about your own career journey, what's the best way to reach you? Probably good old email. I lean on that method of communication a lot these days. And the best way to reach me is just to, to send me an email straight here to Texas State. So that address is B Howard, B like Bruce, B-H-O-W-A-R-D, at txstate.edu. B. Howard at txstate.edu. Wonderful. Be glad to help. It's, you know, we're, we're in Texas and Texas takes care of each other. And, you know, we're going to build this generation of leaders. We're going to build this generation of accountants and sit back and watch them grow and, and to develop. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Bruce. I appreciate you taking the time. You really were one of the guests I wanted to get on uh, just from the early stages in this podcast. Uh, you were uh, just one, one of the first few I put on the list. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank I you. you no. You're most welcome, Mark. Thank you, sir. No problem. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Well, as I mentioned in the intro, Bruce was certainly very open and helpful with his advice on pursuing opportunities in the accounting profession and how to go about finding the right fit for your own unique needs. If you'd like to contact Bruce for further information on his own career or Texas State University itself, please email him as mentioned in the interview. I'm sure Bruce would very much welcome the inquiry. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For notes on this episode or any of our other episodes, please visit us at our home website at www.whereaccountantsgo.com. That's whereaccountantsgo.com. We'll be back next week. I hope to have you join us again. There's more to come.